Hi, I'm Helen Wright, and I am a rugby coach. I believe that sport can be an excellent medium for the growth and development of human beings. But, like all things in this world, the only constant is change. I believe that sport delivery and coaching in sport has to change to adapt to the changing world around it. This podcast is about sport and coaching and change. What has changed about coaching female athletes or male athletes, athletes who identify differently than that? What has changed about coaching children or adults? What has changed? How will we change? Let's begin the discussion. Today, I want to talk about the art of strategy. I want to talk about this in two parts. The first part of strategy is all about analysis. But before you click on to some other site with TikTok dancing moves, please just hear me out. Strategy and analysis are as important to coaching under five soccer as it is to coach any professional level sport. The reason that it is so important is that it's the prime motivator. It's the raison d'etre. It's the reason you are there, wherever you are, doing that, whatever it is. And you need to know why you are doing what you're doing. And it's not hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can ask any soccer mom who got roped into coaching her daughter's team because if she didn't do it, her daughter wouldn't be able to play. So why are you doing this? Well, I'm just trying to create a positive experience for my daughter. She, she like watched some women play soccer on TV and has now decided that, well, she's, she's going to play soccer too. Yep, yeah. She's the one over on the sideline showing the new mom how to hold her baby. So, yep, I'm just trying to get them all to chase the soccer ball and have some fun. Done. Under five soccer mission statement. Goals. Well, I I would really like if they could recognize what a soccer ball looks like, chase it, maybe, maybe even kick it. Done. Under five soccer goals. And what would success look like for you? Well, success, um, I, uh, fresh air, running around, laughter, excitement. Oh, and snacks. Done. Under five soccer success for that coach. So what do you think you're going to do with these little guys? Oh, I don't know. Just keep bringing the soccer balls and see if I can get them to play some little tag games or maybe trick them into trying to kick the balls into the goal nets. Oh, yeah, and snacks for sure. Keep bringing the snacks. Done. Good strategy, mom coach. You are destined to fulfill your mission statement. Okay, so now let's flip this to high performance. It isn't all that much more complicated. It's just that there are a whole bunch more questions. But let's start with the same first question. Why are you doing this? Truthful answers are valuable, especially for understanding your own motivation. So if your answer is, well, I get paid to, or if I'm successful at this level, I can move to a higher level of performance and get paid more. You might not want to tell that answer to a lot of people because it sounds a bit self-absorbed, but If that's the truth, that's the truth. And then at least you know it so that you can understand why you choose the strategies you choose. And in your case, they will always be driven by what is best for you. 
Now, let's assume that there's a little bit more intrinsic value to coaching, and when you're asked the question, why do you do this, you might answer, because I am passionate about this game, and I really enjoy helping players play to the highest level they can. Again, done. Mission statement is to help players play to their potential. And again, it isn't complicated and, and it's authentic. And when you have to create strategies, that statement is what will be the core belief of the decisions you're making. That mission statement is what will help you make the hard decisions. You'll go back to that when you're deciding what defensive pattern works best for your team or what the fitness requirements are or even deciding whether or not to bench your best player. So clearly, if the why of what you are doing is more about the experience of your players than it is about you, you will likely find the whole thing much more rewarding. And that's, that's just how the universe works. What you give generally has a direct relationship to what you receive. So once you have the why, the next logical questions to resolve are how. And that, folks, is the essence of strategy. But to come up with the answers of how, you have to look at what you got. Yeah, here is the scary, boring word that even sounds like work, analysis. And again, it can be as simple as soccer mom, Oh, oh no, there's only six kids here tonight. Okay, okay, breathe. Uh, maybe we can just play kick all the balls into the net all at once. And, um, and yeah, we can have two snack breaks. Done. Good analysis and good strategy, bum. For more advanced levels of performance, one of the first questions in a logical progression to answer the how question is, what have we got? What are we good at? Strengths. What are we not so good at? Weaknesses. Well, we are really big and we have big, strong players, lots of them, but we're also pretty slow. Our people are big and strong, but they don't get around the field very quickly. Hmm. Well, it only stands to reason that our strategy should support those strengths of our team. So maybe we won't be playing that wide open, flying around the field kind of game. No, no, I, I think we're going to have to play a game that's more structured and controlled, that allows us to use our size and strength to our advantage without getting suckered into playing a game that, you know, succumbs to our inability to get around the field quickly. So once that piece of analysis is now guiding your strategy decision-making, you can go forward and figure out just exactly what you want to do to support that line of thinking. So I, I want to tell you this story about a coaching clinic I went to in Vancouver one time. And at that time, Lori Maines was the coach of the New Zealand All Blacks. And he came to Vancouver with this new way of playing rugby. It's wide open. It's continuity and contact. You recycle the ball. You play from side to side. You, you know, you're running, you're moving. It's exciting. And the idea is that you don't stop. You don't have these like set pieces that are like scrummages, like face-offs or jump balls or anything that's a contest for possession. And, uh, so this is a fabulous weekend. We're out there and we're all, you know, sort of buying into this. It's 
grand. And I asked him, I said, why did you like, why did you come up with this? What, what's the sort of motivation behind this? And he said, well, I used to coach in Otago and we would have to play against Auckland and Auckland had these great, big, strong players. And we could never win any of our possession, like at any of the set pieces. And so we decided that we're going to try and play a game that doesn't have set pieces, that we're just going to run these guys off their feet. And and we're just going to be so fit. And we're going to continue like keeping the ball in play rather than have these contests for possession. Great. Okay, I'm in. Let's, this is great. And so we go through this whole weekend and it's fabulous. And we're learning about recycling the ball and offloading and, you know, keeping it alive. And it just occurs to me, you know, Sunday afternoon, we're all packing up, we're all heading home. And, uh, it just, it just flipped by my brain and I, it just came out my mouth. And I said, so Lori, did, did, did that all work for you then? Like, you know, did you beat Auckland? <laughs> and he said, uh, no. And like, I went, what? Say what? I just spent a whole weekend doing this and you're telling me that it, it like, you, you didn't beat Auckland? Uh, no, no, we did not. Great, great. And it just reminds me of when coaches come back from a, an exciting weekend where they've, you know, heard all these new sort of flavor of the day types of playing and they come back to their own real worlds and they try and make their own real worlds play to that level. And, and of course it has nothing to do with their own players. And then it tends not to be terribly successful, but, uh, that was a bit of an awakening for me. So that one piece of analysis right? That is, is guiding your strategy now is what do I have? So let's assume you've collected the data on exactly what you have on your team. You got a basic idea of how you're going to play. And at the highest levels of performance, you could take your information and, uh, you could go looking for that type of player that you need to complement your ensemble and allow you to score points. And I want to stop here for a moment and just indulge in my favorite gripe. People say these words, defense wins games, but that is actually not a true statement. And we can talk about defense and offense later, but right now, stop saying that defense cannot win games. You have to score to win games and that's called offense. So yes, defense is required to provide opportunities for offense, but at the end of the day, a 0-0 game is not a win and it's boring as hell. Okay, so back to strategy. This part of coaching is the most fun you'll ever have, human chess. But in order to play human chess, you have to really start asking all the questions now. Now it can get more complicated because the more you know, the more you can manipulate the variables. Now you have to know as much about your own team as you possibly can. Do we have a kicker? Can they kick from both sides of the field? Should we have two kickers, one for short kicks and one for long kicks? Can we tackle? Can we pass and catch? Is there anyone who can't pass or catch that we should know about? And what position do they play? 
And so it goes. You take every aspect of the game, any game, jump balls, free throws, corner kicks, face-off, scrums, line-outs, all of those places where you can test for possession and you make strategic decisions about how you're going to get that possession. And that is what wins games. Possession. You need to have possession to score. And scoring wins games. And that's called offense. And when you don't have possession, then you're in defense. And you need to have an idea or a plan or a strategy about how you're going to get that ball or puck back into your own possession so that you can try again and again and again to score. The cool thing about collecting data is that once you know your own team inside out and backwards, it's very handy to know the same information about your opposition. And ultimately, the first question that needs to be answered is, how are you going to penetrate the opposition's defense? Secondly, how are you going to stop them from penetrating your defense? Those two questions and the million other little questions attached to them are called offensive patterns and defensive patterns. Not so hard. We're a big, strong team and we can't go around them. Our kicking game is kind of slow, so going over them is probably giving them the ball to attack. That's probably not a good idea. Well, only thing left, we have to find a way to go through them. Yep, yep, we are going to use our size to punch right through the middle, right up the middle, and then we'll pull them in, you know, because they'll have to come in and tackle us, and maybe it'll take a couple more of them than us, and there will be space somewhere on the field, and we'll move the ball. That's what we'll do. We'll move the ball into their end and kick it out of bounds and contest for possession at the lineup. That's rugby for jump ball with more players. So we're going to try and keep the ball in our hands, even when we go into contact. And we're going to try and punch and push our way through their defense. Cool. Basic offensive pattern determined. Good job, coach. Okay. So now, what about the defense? What are we going to do when they have the ball? Well, um, how about if we figure out who their main ball carriers are and target them with our biggest, fastest people as quick as possible when the ball just gets into their hands. Okay. Okay. So we will match our biggest, fastest players to their ball carriers and see if we can hit them behind the game line. Yep. That's what we're going to try and do to get our ball back. And there you have it, folks, a defensive pattern. And so it goes. The chess game begins. The offense has the responsibility to try and score. And the defense has the responsibility to stop them and get possession and then turn it into offense and try and score themselves. A game like football lets you see that interaction very clearly. 
they actually have a team for offense and a team for defense. But many games involve that transition on the fly. And that is the beauty of training, is teaching people on the field to make those decisions that you have put into your patterns that you think might be successful for the outcome of the game. And that's it in a nutshell, folks. You need a plan. You need a plan A and you need a plan B when plan A doesn't work. And if you're a parent, you have a right to ask the coach whether there is a plan. And generally speaking, what is it? You have a right to ask that because that's the primary role in coaching. Create a plan and pivot to another plan if that one doesn't work. And that's the how of the whole deal. That's the fun and that's the art of strategy. And it is what keeps me coming back time and time again. I don't care too much about the winning part, but I get high watching successful strategy play out on the field. You have a good day now, and I'm going to go and create some more plays, strategies, and all that fun stuff. Well, that's a wrap for this session, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please feel free to tick the like box because that lets me know if anyone out there is listening. You can also find these podcasts on my website, barefootflying.ca. That's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-F-L-Y-I-N-G dot C-A. If you want to add your opinion to the discussion, feel free to email me at HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. That's HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Be well.